Confused. I'm your host, Heather Evans. So this episode is going to be a little different than some of the ones that I've done in the past, although technically I guess I've done a couple like this already. Um, I've invited Brandon Moore back on the show simply to talk about local politics and also talk about kind of the future of the parties in Southwest Virginia in the 9th District. Uh, So I'm recording this show on, uh, this is Thursday, June 30th. Yesterday there was a rally in Abingdon for uh, reproductive freedom, reproductive rights, and it lasted actually most of the day. It started at 11 and went until 8. And throughout the day, I stopped in at various times um, just to kind of check in, like stand out there with signs. At the end of the day, um, Brandon uh, actually joined me at the at the rally. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what happened there and then also what we can do moving forward from things that had happened like yesterday with the parties if we can even move forward at all. <laughs> so Brandon, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So yesterday at the rally, um we experienced something very very odd. We were there, it was about six o'clock. And uh, we got there at first, and now he and I both had signs. Now, Brandon, tell him a little bit about what your sign said, and I'll tell him what my sign said. Uh, well, as your listeners should know, if they've if they've heard your your show before, um, I identify as an independent moderate. So my sign, of course, said uh, pro gun, pro choice, and f both parties. <laughs> Definitely don't use the the word. And uh, <laughs> by the way, everybody listening, my daughter found the sign this morning, and she was like, "Ooh." the sign with the bad word so we're, we're not gonna put that on the radio uh so yeah so he's like screw both parties and and to be fair you know i still had enough respect for people that it would offend to to kind of star out the actual word but yeah you know that's that's my view on it uh as someone who was at one time conservative and then you know switched parties and well yeah, can guarantee you i no longer think as, as liberal as i did yeah so that's actually what i want to talk about today so that's what his sign said Mine said something about how your representatives, mistresses, will always be able to get access to safe abortions. So we go to this rally. We go up to the group. And at first, we meet some people who there was one person there who was actually, she saw your sign and she thought it was kind of cool. I think she said a couple words that, again, I can't repeat on the radio, but it's something like, heck yes, brother, right? And uh, uh, you're absolutely right. And, And she had a sign that also said your rights are next. Which I think is what you were trying to get across with that sign. Well, as we know with, with recent events, and it's, it's really not that recent either, because for years now we have said that gun rights, Second Amendment rights, are, are, you know, are under, under attack by the left. And we can sit and argue over that all you want to, but to say that they aren't under attack by the left is simply a lie. They attack certain types of guns. They attack... Uh, high-capacity magazines, but if they really want to get down to high-capacity magazines, 30 rounds is not high-capacity. They, you know, they go after pretty much everything. Red flag laws, which, let's be clear for every one of your listeners, red flag laws are unconstitutional. We have a thing called due process in this country. Red flag laws would take your guns and then make you have to go to court to try to fight to get them back. That's something that Donald Trump actually said, and that is clearly unconstitutional and should not be happening. And most likely will be overturned by the SCOTUS soon. You know, we, we have that happen. And then, of course, we have Roe versus Wade be attacked by the right and a right-leaning SCOTUS and defeat it. You know, it's sent back to the states where we know that certain states will try everything they can to either outlaw most abortion or try to effectively outlaw abortion completely. Now, you are going to have 
more left-leaning states that will do everything in their power or should do everything in their power to try to stop that. So your rights are being came for by both sides right now. And if you look at the states, the map, it looks very similar to election night, right? It's like, which states went red? Well, those are the states that are starting to do these trigger laws in terms of abortion. The same thing with the blue states being more like we're going to reserve privacy or we're going to put privacy into our constitutions. So, you know, that this one person we walked up to got kind of excited about your sign. Um, and then, so I, I like left... Brandon for a couple of moments and I like walk down the line and I'm looking at people's signs and I'm talking to people and I get down on the one end and there's this other person there who um, is um, very, she, she seems extremely active on this issue and she starts talking to me about um, who she is and kind of what she stands for and all these things and eventually Brandon comes down to where we are and then things got really strange Um, Because she saw your sign, and she reacted. What I thought at first she was reacting to was the part on the talk about the guns. Because she was talking about guns for a brief moment. But what really set her off was at the bottom. Yeah. And why do you you think that that set her off? So the idea that, like, you know, screw both parties was the part that she found offensive. Well, what's so weird, Heather, is if you've lived in southwestern Virginia, um, you know that the way I'm saying is the way a lot of people think. You've talked on one of your previous shows that guns are a big part of our culture. Most people here, not all, but most, are very safe with their guns. But we we, we hunt. We believe in our Second Amendment rights. So what was so weird was she seen that and she goes, well, I support the First Amendment. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool i guess you're trying to say you know it's it's like you're you're either you're getting the second amendment and the first amendment uh, confused or you know um that's what i thought or or it's like she's trying to say well you know i support your first amendment rights to say whatever you want on that sign uh but then she goes into this rampage about how she supports the first amendment rights but one side are nazis and I'm over here, and my response, and I kind of, I kind of just was going to blow it off, but I go, you know, I think depending on which side you ask, they're both Nazis. Yeah. It, it, uh, and let's be clear. I just want to say something here. Calling anybody a Nazi who is not a Nazi, an actual Nazi, a skinhead, a you know, a neo-Nazi, or a member of the SS, like a 104-year-old man who just got put, you know, uh, convicted of being an SS guard. Um, if you are not an actual Nazi, you are undermining the evil that was Nazis, that was Nazism. Uh, so just because someone says something you don't like, or just because the other party you don't like calling them a Nazi, it's something you really need to stop doing. Because the Nazis were some of the most evil people this world has ever seen. They eradicated people, they, or they tried to eradicate an entire race of people because they didn't like them. Because they didn't like their skin color. They didn't like their race, their religion. And okay. you see it, and you see it both ways. In terms of, if you, go, if you go online anywhere, social media, Facebook, Twitter, wherever, you see the left using that term, you see the right using that term, and every time I cringe. So you responded to her about that, because mm-hmm. the whole, like, it depends on who you ask. But then it went even weirder. So... You know, we're talking, and and again, this is all about, you know, the thing we're at is about abortion rights. It jumped from that to then her talking about Nazis 
to then her talking about how I know what party is telling me who I can have sex with. And then it got into where we began talking, or you and her began talking about individuals who are selected for the parties. The reason you're not into partisan politics is because people are being chosen for these positions and they're not representing the area that that you've critiqued candidates before and they've blocked you from Facebook. And then she goes off about that. And eventually it leads to racism. She, uh, you know, she said it was perfectly fine for a candidate to block someone. And I was like, uh, so you're saying it's perfectly fine for a candidate to block even Democrats or delete their, their comments, even though they're a Democratic candidate. A bit ridiculous. But then she starts going into racism and she starts it on white privilege. The white privilege on her. Now, keep in mind, this woman was just bragging about her husband going to Cambridge. So, you know, and she starts in and she's like, oh, well, you know, we have, it's white privilege, white privilege. And I said, ma'am, no offense, but you're white. You know, and she starts in and she goes, identify as white. And I go, ma'am, you don't, you don't identify as white. You are white. And she turns around and she goes, well, I wouldn't think that you were white. Now, keep in mind for your listeners, I am a white male. Uh, I have a good tan. That's what happens when you go outside and you work outside. You get a tan. But she starts on that. And it, it, it is straight up racist. She didn't like that I said that, you know. And I came back at her. And, and this is what I would like to say. When you live in the Appalachians, and it's a, it's a thing from, from southern Appalachians to the northern Appalachians, but especially right here in the central Appalachians, white privilege does not exist. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with class. It has to do with upper class, middle class, and of course, the lower class. And what we call middle class in this country, well, I'll go ahead and tell you, our median income here in southwestern Virginia is not even middle class. We are, in fact, lower class. We are, in fact, most of us living in poverty. So it has nothing to do with race. We don't have the same abilities as urban areas and rich people. We don't. When people use white privilege as a phrase, so for all the academics out there who are listening to this, I know that white privilege, you know, it's used on a lot of television shows, talk shows, all these places, and we also, we use it in the way that we write, right? We use it in conferences. We we use this phrase, and and in sociology and a lot of this literature, right, it's like we're, we use that term to talk about how individuals are treated differently. But in Appalachia... This isn't, this, you know, when you hear that phrase, white privilege, everyone thinks, what privilege, right? I, I didn't have privilege. That's saying that, like, obviously, I must have had something given to me, but I didn't have anything given to me. And so that phrase, because she dropped that phrase in, and then the, the fact that she said what she did about your race, right, that, like, I didn't know you were white, I've thought about that so much since that happened because had it been any other race, like drop any other thing in there, there's no way to say that what she said wasn't racist. Now, this conversation is happening and I'm standing there listening to it and realizing that this is the way that independents who come out to events are treated by, and this is a woman who identifies as a Democrat, even though she at one point tried to say she wasn't a Democrat. She said, oh, no, you know, I... I, I don't both. identify as either party, right. but I do know which one are Nazis. 
That's what she said. Yeah. So, you know, this this is an example of the way that moderates are treated by the left. By, and I'm, I'm saying left, the Democrats, people who are supposed to be technically representing their party and one would think would like to have more people join it. If you want to win an election, you have more people join it. Yeah. You know, your sign itself, I thought, spoke to everybody. And I thought that you were going to get a whole bunch of honks. And maybe I did, but, you know, we're, there's a bunch of us standing there. So, and, I, and it didn't bother me. You know, I, I don't care if you're honking for me or not. Uh, I'm getting my point across. And like I said, I think many of us here in this area believe that same way. We're all about rights. All of us are. Now, you're going to have the, the, the group of people on the rights or whatever who are like, oh, no, you know, uh, the ones that were throwing the thumbs downs at us and stuff. And, and, and much of this comes from their moral, the way they were raised morally, you know. They view abortion as murder. They, they view abortion as killing a child. On the left, you have the same thing when it comes to guns. You know, they, they feel that every gun owner is killing a child. You know, the, the woman was sitting there saying that she would have a panic attack if somebody had a gun. Well, lo and behold, I'm a concealed weapons permit holder and had a gun on me. But, of course, she didn't know that because I am, you know, a, a gun owner. A responsible? A responsible gun owner. Right. That's, that's the word. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> responsible, responsible gun, gun owner. owner. Um, yeah. But she's freaking out, you know. And, and the sign was right. You, right. My biggest thing right now is leave our rights the way they are. Stop coming for rights, period. That Constitution has stood for hundreds of years. Leave it the way it is. Yeah. And I have been annoyed. Well, <laughs> so again, we're going to get into my personal beliefs here, uh, which I don't typically do on the radio. I've been annoyed with Democrats for a while now. Um for various different reasons. But one of the biggest ones right now is that um, I feel like this abortion issue, I think they're using it as a way to, to raise money. I think that that's actually all they're doing. They're simply using it for the election. They knew, they knew that this decision was coming. They knew what was about to happen to them and they did not prepare anything. And yet, instead, what you receive are donation requests. You receive things about how, oh, you know, chip in $5, chip in $10, or whatever, and they're coming all the time. They're, they are not doing, they're not doing the job that they were sent there to do. They aren't. And so, it's like, no, we actually don't care about your next election. We would like for you to do something now. We get excuses after excuses. You know, we can't do it with uh, because of the filibuster. We can't do it because the Supreme Court. We need to stack the court. When, you tell me when doing something like that, ending a filibuster, stacking the court, has ever worked out in their favor once Republicans take back control. They've had 49 years, Heather. And people said, well, we never thought this would happen. Yes, you did. People have wanted to overturn Roe since it happened. Ruth Bader Ginsburg told them the way they did it would be overturned. I mean... You know, I teach about privacy, and Roe is always there. And, you know, it's one of the ones that we talk about because it's like there's Roe, and then there's all the cases on gay marriage, and then there's cases about the right to die. But all of these revolve around privacy, privacy that isn't technically in the Constitution. So there's some states out there that have protected privacy. It's in their state constitutions. But Congress hasn't done anything with this. And I'm, I'm bothered by it, and I'm, I'm irritated. I'm also irritated that they're not talking about anything that actually really exists right now and affects real people. Um, you and I have talked about gas prices constantly. 
Well, here in the state of Virginia, the Democrats are the reason that we aren't seeing a little bit of a relief at the gas pumps. Whereas in other states, the Democrats are voting for those sorts of things. And it's all politics. It's all politics. Well, it's so interesting. You know, Virginia has bragged for several years now at the end of the uh, their, their year, the budget, they have a surplus of billions of dollars. Now, you tell me you have a surplus of billions of dollars and you're... The last time I looked, it was like four hundred million or so. They were trying to say they would lose if they did a three-month gas uh, tax holiday. Well, you have a surplus of billions, and whether you like Governor Youngkin or not, it's ridiculous that they're doing this this partisan play where they don't like him, he doesn't like them, but he's actually calling for something that may help the citizens of Virginia. And they're just going to toy with it. We don't elect you for that. We elect you to represent us. You work for us. And it's about time that politicians remember that. Absolutely. The representation, right? Yeah. Isn't that their job? If I, if I hire a lawyer, like, like Bill Maher said, if I hire a lawyer, I expect them to represent me. Yeah. If, I, if I vote for you to represent me, I expect you to represent me. We don't get that here. You know, in, that, in this conversation with this woman, or I, I, we won't call it a conversation. She wouldn't even let me say much. In this conversation with this woman, she brings up uh, things like, oh, you know, I'll vote for this person because I know their stance on this. But do we really? I mean, the Democratic challenger for this this area, this ninth congressional seat in Virginia, wouldn't have talked about Roe unless a big stink was made out of it because she was deleting comments. Yeah, she was. And it isn't right for a candidate to do that. So here's what I want to touch on, though. I was born here in Appalachia. I've lived here in Appalachia my entire life. I've been poor my entire life. And people might say, well, you're surely not that poor. Well, let me tell you, sixteen fifty an hour doesn't go very far. And you're lucky to get sixteen fifty an hour in this area without a college education. And speaking of college education, if I hear another person say that if you are not college educated, you will vote for the rights, and that basically calling you dumb if you're not college educated, I may go off the handle. And that's another thing, because most of the ones I hear saying this are academics, no offense, Heather, but they're academics and they're leftists. Boy, the people who are supposed to be for the poor people sure seem to like to make fun of us a lot. But I'm sick and tired, and for all of your listeners to hear this, I'm sick and tired of hearing that someone come here to Appalachia, has lived here a year, maybe 10 years, not their entire life. They weren't born here. They didn't come here. You know, they, they come here. They come here to make here better. Go make your own place better. Go make your hometown better. I'm sure there's things that can be proved there. But don't come here and tell me that my way of life is wrong. Imagine going to somewhere like Appalachia, saying that white privilege exists when we have what we have because of one of the most backbreaking industries in America. When you're digging into that darkness that is coal, you think we have white privilege? Well, I hate to tell you, but when you come out of a coal mine, you're black. And here in Appalachia, you know, We have this candidate who is running here, and she used that phrase in the beginning about how she was from here for here. And you and I have talked about this before, from here for here. She's not from here. And it would be like me going somewhere else and running and saying that I'm from that area. Unless you did grow up here, you don't get it. Well, you lived in Texas for a little while. You were you're naturally, yeah. you know, you're... You were born in council. Well, you grew up in council. Um, you moved to Texas for a little while. Imagine you going to Texas 
and saying I'm a you know mm-hmm. native Texan. I know I was there ten years too, so it's a funny comparison because like you know, and I, I wasn't um, I didn't get involved in local politics very much there, but had I and had I decided to run for something, I would not have said I was from Spring, Texas. I would have been like, I'm from Council, Virginia, <laughs> right? That's my hometown. Um, and I, I actually would not have run there. I, I would not have run there because those aren't my people, right? My people are here. Like this is in Appalachia is my people. Appalachia is what you know. Yes. And you can be dirt poor from another area and you don't know dirt poor from Appalachia. Yeah. And that's just that simple. You know, we hear a lot about Appalachia from other areas because of people like J.D. Vance and you know, uh, hillbilly elegy. Well, hillbilly nothing. And quite frankly, stop calling us hillbillies because we're about tired of it. It's a derogatory term, just like redneck, just like hick. Stop. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't like it when people call derogatory terms to, to people who are other minorities, other, other skin colors, other races. Stop with calling white people from Appalachia these names because it is no different May not be racism, but I guarantee you there's another word for it that I guess my uneducated self don't know, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really afraid to engage right now because I know the term, so I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> but but the reality is it's 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 no different than that. Yeah. J D Vance is not Appalachian. Tasha Devon is not Appalachian. So start listening to the people of Appalachia because right now I'll guarantee you that January sixth is not our biggest problem. I'll guarantee you that Roe versus Wade is not our biggest problem. I'll guarantee you that right now, our biggest problem is just like when I went to the grocery store the other day at our local grocery chain. I walked in. I'm getting a few groceries myself. And like I said, it's 16.50 an hour. Don't go very far. But you know, I'm able to feed myself. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know me, you know I was raised by my grandmother. So I already have a soft spot there. And I'm in here. And I'm hearing these two little kids and, this, and their grandmother and the grandmother is, is putting some things back on the shelf. And she goes, we won't be able to get everything because the, everything keeps going up in price, all the groceries. That should never be happening. Yeah, it shouldn't. It absolutely shouldn't. And nobody's talking. I mean, well, I guess people are talking about it. Nobody's doing anything. Like, what are we hearing on television? And by the way, I actually don't think this abortion, that everything with abortion is going to hang on in people's minds until election day. I think that it's just going to be one more thing and then people are just going to like not even talk about this anymore. Like I feel like it's, think about how when it leaked, then all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, everybody stopped talking about it. I don't know that this is going to continue. Like are people still going to be talking about this? But what people are not talking about are things that actually affect real people. They're not talking about groceries, really. I mean, every once in a while. Heather, you went to the store a few days ago, and bacon was $10. Yeah, $10 for a pack of bacon. Now, that's here, right? This is in southwest Virginia. This is actually in Abingdon, Virginia. And it's it may be different prices other places, but $10. For a pack of bacon. For a pack of bacon. I hope you ain't on keto right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I was uh, like, gosh darn it. You know, these are the things that matter, and it matters because in Southwest Virginia, we don't have the infrastructure in place, the public transportation for the things like gas prices. I spend $200 a week just to go to work. It's going to start becoming where it's costing me more to go to work than it is to be able to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Gas. Either way, I'm going to lose everything I own. Gas, groceries, rent. 
everything here is like you Mm-mm. Like and and nobody's really addressing these issues. Even the candidates aren't. No, they're not. They're just as Heather said earlier. They're asking for donations. They're talking about the trips they're taking. They're talking. My personal favorite is bragging about being in where somewhere where there's no better place to be. Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia is not the area you're running in. Yeah, and if you're if you're watching these candidates, they're not talking about this. They're they're actually driving everywhere too, so they're burning out a lot of gas. They're eating at a lot of restaurants, drinking they're a doing, lot of margaritas. They're doing a lot of stuff, and yet uh, they're not here and not talking to people about the stuff that matters. Because I'll tell you that, like when people vote, I mean, I talk to my students about this. So what makes people vote? Okay, so a lot of people vote based on partisanship, but honestly. They let's vote talk about based that on they let's, vote based let's talk on what, what's what's at the kitchen table. Like you, you sit down with your family. What bothers you at night? Well, do I have enough money to go to work? Do I have enough money to pay my bills? Do I have enough money to buy my medicine? Yeah, all of that. My, you know, I'm aching somewhere, but I don't have insurance. Yeah, and of course, ACA doesn't doesn't actually cover right me because my work wanted to give me insurance I couldn't afford, but they. Climate suitable, you know. Research says that, you know, when people make that decision, they look at what they're making right now and how they're doing financially, and then they compare it to the last election. But let's talk about something you said right there. You said yeah. partisanship. They, a lot of them vote on partisanship. We keep hearing that January 6th was the biggest threat to our democracy. It's true. The biggest threat to your that. democracy is hearing things like vote blue no matter who. Yeah. The death of democracy is blind allegiance to party. Yeah. And I noticed that on my Facebook feed, a whole lot of people are waking up to this right now. Yeah, they're mentioning it. They're, yeah. they're, I've, I've been seeing the left being called cults as much as I see the right being called cults. <laughs> yes, I have to. And, and the thing is, it's, it's not by the opposite party. It's the left calling the left a cult. Calling themselves out. Yes. <laughs> what a world we live in. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. You, to, to think that like you have to vote for somebody because you identify in a certain way, it's just it's insane. Um, and, and here in the state of Virginia, and I don't, again, I'm, I'm talking about the state of Virginia. I don't know how it is in other states. It's probably similar. I need to look into that. I should do more research on this. But, like, you know, in the state of Virginia, if you're going to join the Democratic Party and you're going to join the local party, you have to sign a paper that says that, like, you pledge allegiance to the party and you'll only support their candidates and you'll never support anybody else. Like, you'll never support anybody who runs as a Republican. And you, you, you'll not even vote for an independent. You'll just not vote, essentially. And you I have if, to support that person. If the Democrats don't put a party candidate up, you know, you just don't vote. Well, it says something like, as long as... So there's a little clause in there that's like, if we have a candidate up, you have to vote for them. You know, speaking of Nazis, you could put Hitler up, and this clause <laughs> would say you had to vote for Hitler. That's right. Now, you don't uh, now, tell me who I vote for. To be fair... All right, we're going we're gonna to be fair here. This is in both parties' platforms in the state of Virginia. So if you try to join... And they claim it's at a state level. That right. They can't do anything about it. That's right. But it's a state... Well, then the state needs to change because young people are not joining. Uh, nobody, like, independents aren't joining. But then again, given what we experienced yesterday, no wonder people are not joining. Join? If yeah. you go... I've been to many protests over the years. I've been to Black Lives Matter protests. I've been to... The gun rights protest in Richmond. I've been to those. I've been to, you know, what we would call... I have fought for transgender rights as a straight white male in front of a school board and in front of a town of people that knew me and were going to criticize the crap out of me afterwards, and I did it anyway. And who were having a church service, by the way. Who were having a church service. If you ask half of Russell County right now, I'm probably going to hell. 
Yeah, <laughs> 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 we all are. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been to several, and and my experience was a lot of times based on what your sign said, people would shy away or they'd be a little irritated. But I will say that usually the hecklers you deal with are from the other party or the other people issue. People passing, too. Yeah, something well, it's, like that. It's usually people who don't agree with the issue that you're fighting for. Right. And to see this woman, like I said, uh, who is either not a Democrat or claims to be a Democrat, it's funny because she calls herself a Democrat feminist. So progressive feminist, we should say. Yes. Um, which is still left. It's still Democrats. So she's still a Democrat, and... She wants to ruin a protest or drive people away from this protest because she wants to be a woke activist. Woke. Woke from what? Okay? This this woke thing is pushing people away in droves. This is why you're seeing Democrat counties and Democrat areas flip. There are things that matter more right now than being woke. Okay? And 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 Democrats are about to lose it in November. Actually, I I don't think things are going to go well for them in November. Um, it's funny because I I joined the Democratic Party because I thought this is the party that really does care about poor people, right? And uh, I mean, I joined them long, long, long time ago, but I don't feel like they're addressing the issues that are actually affecting poor fo- people right now. Um, and and honestly, I I don't think either party is, but. The, the Democrats have just, I feel like they're letting letting everybody down. Well, it's one of those things that you've come to expect from the right. But the left is starting to really surprise people. Not only on not representing poor people, but if, if you don't know, Heather was the champion, I guess you could say, of her of, of a campaign to try to move a Confederate monument in Abingdon, Virginia. Okay? She stood up to racism. And then... This isn't the first time since her standing up against racism, against the Confederate monument, that she has seen members of her own party be blatantly racist. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've had, I had people tell me they wanted me to, well, first of all, take down posts about the monument. They didn't want that on their Facebook page. They, they actually wanted me out of the party leadership uh, because of the fact that I'd started the petition and that I'd put it up there, I've had people say to me that uh, they are Southern and unreconstructed. All of these things that I made a post earlier on Facebook, which says that y'all like the the left, and I use the left, the Democrats. You know, a lot of people on the left have continuously said that racism only exists on the right or in the GOP. That isn't true, and so I think. That I I think both parties need to wake up and start working on things that affect rural folk. They're woke. They're woke up. Did you know that? Uh, but they're really not. They're not. They need to wake up and they need to do some house cleaning. They need to do. It's, they, as as I said, if you ever if you ever want to to hear a quote from Brandon Moore, it is simple as they work for us. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the show, and thank y'all for listening. If you missed any piece of this, you can catch up anytime by podcast. Have a great week. Everyone.